And welcome to another exciting episode of Seeing Reddit, where once a week we pick a random subreddit and talk about that subject for about an hour. I'm Matt Heron. I'm Jeff Kowalski. I'm Louisa Heron. Am I just setting myself up for a supercut by repeating the same couple of things every time we do this episode? Is mm. somebody when we when this show gets popular? Mm. <laughs> I've already seen a uh, flaw in your wait, premise. Wait, 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 wait! I'm <laughs> pausing for everyone to finish laughing. <laughs> okay, uh, when this show gets super popular, where there's just going to be a supercut of me saying the exact same thing over and over again, right? No, I want there to be a supercut of the times when you're trying to say the same general thing over and over again, but you're changing your words and then you stumble a little bit, because that's the best. I would like, if somebody was going to do a super cut of this show, what do you think would be a good one? I think it would be things that make Matt, Louisa, and Jeff irrationally angry. Yes. Uh, It'll be uh, times that we've disagreed about something and refused to look it up. Yes. (laughs) That's like twice per episode, every episode. I would like somebody somebody to, to to do a supercut of times that Louisa says she's been looking up recipes. <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> Listen, you need 10,000 hours to be an expert. Yeah. So. Oh man, an we're almost an expert at reading Reddit. Uh, it's not anywhere near true. <laughs> no, it isn't. I mean, it is It is if you count all the off-air time that I read Reddit. Sure. Oh boy. No, that's not true. I don't read Reddit because I'm not a monster. (laughs) What did you actually do online instead of reading Reddit? Oh, we're really booking through it today, huh? Okay. It was Um, a perfect segue. I had to. Yeah, fair (laughs) enough. Okay. Um, So this week, I uh, last week I talked about watching speedruns of games and stuff, and that uh, inspired me not so much in the spirit of speedruns, but in the spirit of the Mario Marathon, which is another charity where they just play through every Mario game. (laughs) Um, I started at Final Fantasy 1, and I'm just gonna, not in any kind of rushing way, but I'm gonna see how long I can go playing through the entire series of Final Fantasy from beginning to end. How far are you so far? I've gotten about three quarters of the way through Final Fantasy 1, playing maybe, I don't know, an hour a day for the past week. Hmm. Um, Isn't it terrible? Because that game, in retrospect, is very boring. (laughs) I mean, yes and no. It's, uh, It's actually surprising to me watching it how much of a masterpiece it is because it created so much of of what games still do today from whole cloth um yeah, yeah. like it's That's really true. it's really interesting playing through it and being like oh man like i will say that genuinely i haven't played this game in 25 years maybe um the the moment when you talk to Bahamut and you do a class change to go from like a uh, a white uh, mage to a white wizard or a, a fighter to a knight is still exciting. Like <laughs> the class up idea, I don't think had ever been done before, and it's so perfect. It's so exciting. And I like think that yep. those the game Final Fantasy was the first example of something really making a video game of a Dungeons and Dragons format. Don't you think? Like yeah. really specific. Well, and it, it, with the party, yeah, but Dragon yeah. Quest did specifically set out to do that and came out first. 
Yes, yeah, but I don't, I think, don't they do think it, as it well. did as yeah, and it, a lot of the stuff that they did in Final Fantasy e- like even more emulates the the Dungeons and Dragons thing. Like spell slots are a thing mm. in the first Final Fantasy, which I had forgotten about. There's no job system in the first one, right? The, well, there's the class up. Like, you choose classes at the yeah. beginning, and then those classes uh, change to a more advanced form halfway mm. through. Right. Uh, which is yeah. which is clearly the beginnings of the job system. Um, but I think the actual job system is introduced in, is it two or three? I know two has a job system. I just don't know if uh, it ha- if it came out before Dragon Quest two or not. Uh, both mm. of them have job systems, though. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I like Dragon Quest a lot as well, and I think Dragon Quest might have been the first video game I ever played, uh, so I have a lot of nostalgia for it, but I do think Final Fantasy does a better job of immersing you in the world. Uh, Final Fantasy, the the NES Final Fantasies look way nicer than the NES Dragon Quests. Yes. Um, (laughs) Although I really, really like the monsters better in Dragon Quest than in Final Fantasy. Yes, but I always felt like the monsters in Dragon Quest are kind of a joke a little bit, which uh-huh. is fine, but they're not scary. Like, right. playing through Final Fantasy, when you get to the first, the, the Earth Guardian guarding the first crystal you get to, and then he comes up and he fills the entire enemy side of the board, and he's got, like, black wings wrapped around a skeleton head with big, like, goat horns. Like, oh, fuck, this guy's, like, legitimately scary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, how are you playing this? Through an emulator or an updated version? Oh, okay. uh, I'm playing it through an emulator. I have updated versions of uh, Final Fantasy 3 through uh, 13 um, that, I've, that I've gotten through various like humble bundles and things over the years. So I have to play 1 and 2 on I have an old PlayStation um, yeah, a PlayStation original uh, disc of Final Fantasy Origins that has 1 and 2 on it uh, and I have an emulator that allows me to play that disc on my computer. So. Oh, I see. So you're playing it is an updated version, but it is emulated from an older updated version. (laughs) Yes, I'm playing it on my computer, but I am playing it from a disc of a PlayStation. Huh. Interesting. Now, how does this compare to your memory of the NES version? So I also have an emulated version of the NES version, and I was going to start with that and, like, kick it real old school, but there's just so many quality of life upgrades that they made when they made the PlayStation (laughs) version. Like, first of all, the fact that like the graphics are still 8-bit but significantly improved uh, and also the fact that you can do things like in the equipment screen switch between characters by hit- hitting the bumper buttons instead of having to back all the way out of the menu and then go back in a- as a different character is really nice yeah. especially because there's so much like inventory management and like assigning spells to characters and figuring out who can use weapons and stuff. It's hard to judge a game like that because it's a very complicated game, and we were all really dumb kids when we were playing it, so we weren't playing it right, or well. (laughs) Well, that's the thing that I'm realizing playing it now, because I remember when I played it the first time, getting to the point that I'm at now, like, I was like, oh my god, this game is impossibly difficult, like, you would have to play it so long to be good, but it's not. It's so dumb. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You You just have to grind. 
Yeah, each character, you just use the same move every single battle. It doesn't matter at all. Hey, you know what? Like, there's a fire spell, and every enemy is weak to it except for, like, four in the whole game. If you just cast fire on every enemy, you will probably beat them. The end. Yeah, I um I recently played through Pokemon Yellow and it was similarly different because that was I think Pokemon Red, which Yellow is pretty much the same thing, was my first JRPG. And it's weird to think of Pokemon as JRPGs, um, but they are like probably the most like expansive and technical of the genre in the fact that there's mm-hmm. 150 characters and 500 moves. Um, yeah. I yeah. feel I feel like the the Pokemon JRPGs are the most J of the JRPGs. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> by which I mean like there's something in Japanese culture where they want to measure everything in numbers, even if those numbers don't mean anything or make sense, and that is a very Pokemon ass thing. Yeah, well the, the term otaku yeah. is not just generically for nerds, but specifically nerds obsessed with collecting things and getting complete sets of them. And Pokemon yes. definitely uh, is catered towards that specific type of nerd, which I'm not really that type of nerd, but I am the type of nerd who will get very bored with an RPG where you just use the same attack (laughs) over and over, and Pokemon does a really good job of making it so that you continually get better attacks and better monsters, but the reason I brought it up was because, oh boy, it's really hard to go back to. Like, the quality of life stuff, it's so much better to play a recent Pokemon game because there's no grinding and things move quickly and the new one coming out in November is a remake of Yellow and I kind of yeah, don't want to get say. it. <laughs> You don't? Uh, it's gonna be garbage. They took out they took out <laughs> battling not, wild Pokemon. Pokemon. Yeah. I feel like I still want to check it out. I, I'm gonna. I'm extremely thing, hesitant based on that one feature. The f- the funny thing about all of this is that the kind of person that you just described, Jeff, is a lot me. I like, I'm definitely the kind of person who likes to have and organize a complete set of things and have each thing have its own place and stuff. And like that, I think is the only reason why I like Pokemon in any way. And like the things that I don't like about Pokemon, like its culture or its aesthetic style or its everything else, basically, um, is barely outweighed by the fact that I do get a sense of satisfaction from like, okay, now in my box, I have all three types of evolution of Butterfree, like, (laughs) stacked next to each other. The numbers in the Pokedex match the slot they're in in my box. This is great. Um, Then you should get Dragon Quest Monsters instead. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Like, the the problem is that that'll only carry my interest for like a couple of weeks and then I'm like eh like I'm never gonna get all those fucking legendaries so what the fuck do I care why am I doing this I always have the problem where the first couple of towns in the various Pokemon games I'm like alright gonna comb the area around them and get all the available Pokemon and then after a while I'm like I keep seeing new Pokemon and I just can't care anymore (laughs) and then I just stop collecting them because there's too many and it's overwhelming I don't care about collecting them they need to be uh Battery, batteries for win energy that I use
used to Jeff. shoot at my enemy through my victory Jeff, gun. You've gotta catch them all, Jeff. Yeah, Jeff, come on. I don't feel that compulsion. Although, in Dragon Quest Monsters, I kind of had to put it down because I got extremely obsessed with the breeding mechanic in the game. Ew. Because you can... Well, you can combine any two monsters, and because it's a game for kids, you just, like, send them off to the farm upstate, and you get back the monster that they create. But you don't this- get back the parents in Dragon Quest Monsters like you mm. do in Pokemon. So oh. if you... Yeah, they go you, right into that soul furnace. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, you breed two together, and you get a child that grows faster and could be a different type, and you can make these complex chains to, like, breed a dragon lord out of a couple slimes or whatever. That's kind that's of true cool. of Pokemon Go, and also that Pokemon uh, game that's come out for the Switch, which I've played the demo, but then it's also like a mobile game, and it's obviously meant to be a mobile right. game. But Pokemon I Quest. Name. Yeah, which is you power up your Pokemon by <laughs> destroying them into Pokemon the soul of yeah. the same type. <laughs> yes. I don't <laughs> like that. Speaking of playing games on the Switch, what have you been up to this week, Louisa? Well, yes, it's, this uh, <laughs> leads right in from all these things, because mm. I have been playing Octopath Traveler. Yes, I knew that's what you were going to say, and so I'm a a psychic (laughs) genius, and I figured it out. Yeah, it is very good. Uh, Matt, I think you will like it a lot. Based I, have, on what- I, I did pre-order it, and my copy is arriving on Tuesday. Go on. Hmm, interesting, because it's already out. It came out on Friday. Yes, I only pre-ordered it on, like, Thursday of last week, because I was like, oh, okay. oh shit, that's coming out. <laughs> and then did I was you- like, oh, I can get 10% off if I order it on Amazon, and I'm probably not going to have time to play it this weekend anyway. Okay. Yeah, that that is uh, something that happens with Amazon pre-orders, where, oh, the discount's pretty good, but I don't want to get it late. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. I uh, I like getting those Nintendo points. They'll give you a couple dollars off, so that's something. Yeah. So I just downloaded it. But uh, the name is terrible, yes. and it makes it very hard to figure out if this is a game you want to play or not. It genuinely, like, for a while when I heard it, I thought it was going to be tied into Splatoon somehow. Yes, me too. <laughs> I'm the, like, who cares? Who cares the about thing, that? The thing <laughs> is, they got stuck with uh, Snakes on a Plane Syndrome where they announced it when it had a, the working title Octopath Traveler, and then everyone got so used to calling it that that they were like, yeah, no, yeah, no that's just the name. No one has been talking about this game. Yes, <laughs> they have. When I heard about a demo came out a year ago. What? I didn't hear anything about it until this the, week. Yeah, the thing is that, like, the people in the games industry were talking about it because everything I see and hear indicates it's a very good game, but I don't think any people were talking about it because it's <laughs> Yeah. is so bad. <laughs> yes, exactly. If they'd called it like Eight Souls or something, it'd be much more uh, relatable, I think. Yeah. It's basically or, it's a very good or what it really is, Final Fantasy, but actually a good one again. Yes. <laughs> it's so much like the game uh, Japanese-only Square RPG Live Alive, where you play as like a bunch of different people whose stories interconnect after different chapters of playing as them, that I don't know why they didn't like be like, oh, it's a revival of our cult hit franchise. They're like, nah, it's a new thing with a bad name. Yeah. yeah well, Live Alive is also a bad name. Yeah, but it's but better it's than Octopath cool. Traveler. 
Yeah. The way they do it, uh, it looks like 16-bit graphics, but then mixed with more modern graphics, so it ends up looking kind of like you're looking into a little diorama of 16-bit mm. creatures moving around, which is pretty great. Did you ever play the uh, like remake of Final Fantasy Tactics? Because I think the graphics look a lot like the the like PlayStation no. uh, oh, portable it, it, Final Fantasy Tactics War of the Lions game. It is yeah. it is similar to Final yeah because it's um. 2D uh, characters on 3D environments in the same way? Yeah, Yeah. sort of. Uh, Anyway, uh, Matt, I think you would like it a lot. Jeff, I don't think you would like it at all. (laughs) (laughs) I played played through... uh, I don't know if I got through both chapters of the demo, but the one chapter of the demo that I did play through was extremely annoying because the boss fight took like (laughs) half an hour, even after I knew what to do. Yeah, see? (laughs) You wouldn't like it. But I'm enjoying it a lot. Uh, All your different characters have a different special thing they can do, in and out of battle, so that's a lot of fun to figure out. I've only got four of the eight characters so far. But from from what you've said about it, it sounds the the out of battle uh, special abilities you were talking about mm-hmm. sound a lot like. Did you ever play Star Ocean that series? Yeah, but I don't remember it very well. There was there was a very cool thing where you could like it was sort of a Final Fantasy type thing where you could teach people abilities, and some of the abilities were out of combat things like picking pockets of NPCs by mm-hmm. when you talk to them hitting a certain button that was a skill you could learn. And yeah, that was so cool. And I, I'm excited to play this game because that is one of my favorite things that they have ever done in JRPGs. Yeah, it's pretty much like that. So it's I, a lot of fun though. The Switch seems to be like, it, it's got two now, I think, fairly big exclusive JRPGs with Xenoblade Chronicles 2 and Octopath Traveler. But like, there's not going to be any Final Fantasies or Dragon quests on this thing. Why why are we only getting why are the big are the big JRPGs we're getting like not the actual big ones? I think yeah. Nintendo has always kind of had a thing with third-party developers of like we don't want more of the series you're making for other people. We want a new thing that's just yeah. for us. And that kind of works for me because oh, yeah. I, uh, I feel like Sony and Xbox are so entrenched in like, we're churning out another chapter of this 45 game series that you've mm. played. Like, I'm I'm excited that this is a new property that doesn't have chains to anything in the past. I yeah, forgot Switches. very much the feel of Final Fantasy. So, very yeah. accessible. Yeah. I forgot the uh, Shin Megami Tensei Five will be a Switch exclusive. So, that is the uh, not in America as much, but in Japan is the third place uh, RPG franchise behind Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest. So, you know, I've I guess that's a I've never played big... it, and I don't know if I even know anything about it. So. Uh, well, it's, it's about it, summoning devils from a computer to fight other teenagers or something. It's mm. in the same universe as Persona, which I know you've heard about because we talked about on yes. this show before. Yeah. And that's also a very good series. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think <laughs> it is from what I've heard. Thanks anyway. Uh, Persona is, is... To, is this stuff related to The World Ends With You, which is a very fun and weird Japanese game sort I played? Of. Uh, not explicitly, except that it's like a modern teenagers and by a major developer. Uh, I think Square it's, makes the world ends with you. It's a okay. very flavor similar thing, though. Yeah. Like, yeah. It has that same feel of like the normal human world has ended and now weird supernatural things are happening and some mm-hmm. normal teens are somehow involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am. Um, 
The World Ends With You is getting remade for Switch. That comes out sometime soon, I think. Uh, the battle controls were very complicated in that game. Like, that magic pig would show up sometimes, but you had to hit him at exactly the right moment before he <laughs> left if you wanted to get his extra money. Oh, oh I don't know what much. that means, and it's really funny. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yep. So, uh, you gonna? So, how far are you in the game now, Louisa? You've played it for two days. I've played for a total of eight hours, mm-hmm. and yeah, I've got I've got four characters, but I've just barely received the fourth. So, I still have to do her like special thing before she'll join me in free adventuring. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I don't know how many characters you can have in your party. I thought it was going to be three, and I was going to have to make a choice when I got this new one, but she has just joined up, so I guess it's four. What if it's eight? <laughs> I yeah, will not know how to handle everyone. it if I have to do eight uh, <laughs> battle tactics every time. Yeah, yeah it's a good well, game. Yes, I, I've played games where it's too many people on the screen, and I don't know what the right answer is, but I always feel angry when I can't have everyone, and also yeah. angry when I have to have everyone. Yeah, agreed. I think maybe three is probably the ideal number. Yeah, maybe. Uh, four is okay. It's four extra feels, confusing. Four feels more old school to me on account of that's what a lot of the old like NES and Super NES RPGs had. Yeah, I guess that's true. And the person I just uh, added to my party is a cleric, and her power is being able to um, lead other people like in a spiritual way. So mm-hmm. one of her things right now is her attack is bringing in this knight that she's convinced to join us on our group. So there's five of us walking around, and then the knight will attack for her in battle, so. But he isn't a member of your party? Uh, excuse you. She, the knight, knight? is a woman. She is not a member of my party. (laughs) She's not a member of my party, and I believe she will leave after I've used her eight times. Like, you can get people to help you, but they won't help you forever. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, it's confusing to have so many people to handle, (laughs) but it's good. So, what have you done online this week, Jeff? Uh, I have watched a trailer, a ten-minute trailer for a new TV (laughs) show that uh, by I think there's two episodes of it out by the time uh, this episode comes uh, on into your earbuds. Uh, Boy, that sounded bad. Uh, Anyway, it's the this is what if you said it with a comma like into your ear buds <laughs> oh that's good now it's cool yeah. yeah that wasn't the part that sounded bad <laughs> uh it, it's um it's sasha baron cohen uh his new show for showtime where he does a bull rat uh to americans um again but you know different kinds of bull rat not just the standard uh mustache one he, i do think i do think that this what's interesting from what I've seen of the show is that it's a lot less about the character he is playing. Yeah. It seems like the character he's playing is just supposed to be forgettable so that the person he's talking to doesn't know mm-hmm. it's him. Yeah. What happened was this uh, trailer and announcement came out and then uh, every right-wing politician in the country was like, I can't believe that I'm accidentally on this Sasha Baron Cohen show. I didn't know at all. Uh, famously, first, I think, was uh, Sarah Payne. Palin said that uh, he pretended to be a disabled veteran and got her to say a bunch of very stupid things into a camera. Uh, The trailer was him uh, pretending to be an Israeli ex-Special Forces guy who was coming to America to try and get uh, Republican Congress members to put forth a program where uh, they would train three-year-olds to use machine guns. 
Um, and boy, the, so he first goes to some NRA guy and the NRA guy is like, yeah, that sounds really good and cool. And then he goes to a congressperson. Uh, I think Matt Gates is the guy's name. Yeah. He's a Republican representative from Florida. And the guy's like, I, you want me to endorse your program on TV? I don't think Congress people should just endorse a program that they just heard about on television. And then it cuts to a bunch of Congress people doing exactly that. Uh, looking <laughs> Which like, honestly is shocking because Matt Gates is like engaged in all of the shittiest behavior in Congress. I hear nothing but him being the worst. And so the fact that he was the one who was restrained enough to be like, actually, I don't think I should do that is surprising to me. Yeah. Uh, there seems to be a solid chance that Sasha Baron Cohen got to interview the president, the sitting president of the United States for this television show uh, without him knowing that he was going to be on it, which I'm excited to see if that's true, um, because that's very, be. that's very stupid. Yeah, he would have revealed it by now, I would think. No, I don't think that he would if he did. Sorry, sorry, the he in that sentence was Donald Trump. I need oh, to say. I don't he- think that he'll know until he sees himself on it. <laughs> <laughs> that would be really good. Yeah, but I can see that happening. The uh, thing about it is, the thing that's really fucking me up about all of this is the fact that there is a 0% chance I would have watched this show until all of these conservatives got so mad about it, and now I'm definitely going to. Like, yeah. I, know, yeah. I know that they are very stupid, but are they stupid enough to take this thing that no one was paying attention to that is very embarrassing to them and catapult it into the spotlight even like why would you I like obviously Sarah Palin is very very dumb but somebody in her orbit must have been like just just don't and no one will know yeah he it's I can't Im- the people who were in the video that came out don't mm-hmm. aren't as prominent yes. so uh, if they got mad on TV I didn't hear about it but although Joe Walsh is one of the yeah. guys oh. and it's like what <laughs> what you're on TV for a living yeah what was his um his like key disgusting line that he says uh, the fake program they called uh, Kindergartians which, which is a great name for a program boy. Uh, they got one guy to make a commercial showing off a bunch of different guns dressed up as plush toys uh, in like a commercial to sell guns to uh, three and four year olds uh, ending the commercial with a gun hidden inside of a bear with a pull string that would pull the trigger uh, to sell to one and two year olds this guy is so enthusiastic Uh, it's really really disturbing to watch Uh, I forget okay yes I all of this is very weird and horrifying and I it's weird to me because for the longest time I felt like first of all whoa for the longest time yeah second of the all episode. yeah <laughs> Oh boy! Definitely got, hold on, put, let me open up my notes. <laughs> we've definitely put that at the end of an episode before. I'm a hundred percent sure. Um, but anyway, for the longest time, I've thought that like most of the people in the GOP are aware of the fact that the things that they are supporting are very stupid, but they're just pretending to support them because they're very greedy and don't care about anyone but themselves. Which is a kind of terrible that yeah. I can understand, but. 
they know what three-year-olds are, and they know what yeah. guns are. Yeah, but yep. I think you're forgetting how spellbound people become about uh, media, where they kind of just want to go along with whatever the theme is, and Sasha Baron Cohen does an amazing job at this, making something just a little bit further than they'd be comfortable with going, but because they're going to be on TV, they're going to go along with it. So here's this guy who's like, we want to do this. This is a good idea. So they aren't going to be the ones to be like, no, actually, it's not a good idea. Yeah. yeah. They the, think well, they're just agreeing with him. They don't think it's going to come out like, look at these monsters. They think it's going to come out to people who agree with this guy already. So now they also agree with them. Yeah. He, uh, well, he gets one of the guys to uh, agree on camera that um, it doesn't count as rape if it's your wife. And then he gets Joe Walsh to say, in less than a month, a first grader can become a first grenader. Um, yeah, yeah. And but, but I guess my point is... I don't. I, it's I, like I he put a spell on them. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, Louisa, <laughs> but if you are in front of a camera and you read the sentence and you have to process it through your brain to get to your mouth that, like, uh, you know, children are prime suspects for using guns because their Wiz Khalifas are faster, which is a real <laughs> thing that the guy really says. Yeah, like, they're, even they're, though, obviously, you don't know what Wiz Khalifa is, and I get that. Like, <laughs> the idea that you are saying a first grader is an ideal candidate to hold a gun, you know what you're saying. Like, <laughs> after you've said it, at least, you have to snap out of it and be like, wait, what the fuck? Like, it's, that's obviously starting, not a thing I've ever to wanted to sympathetic say. audience, and they think, probably, yeah. that this guy knows a little bit about comedy, and he's he wants them to say it to be, like, cool and fun on his show. Like, they no, think that's the, how it's gonna go. The guy, it wasn't a cool, funny thing in the guy who said the musicians' names. He's reading it like right. it's a PSA. Uh, yeah. So it's really weird because he starts with the most obvious one. He's like, kids have more Blink-182 pheromones. Like, what? You have to know that that's a band. They've been around for 25 years. Yeah. Anyway, it, it's just shocking to me that, uh, I, like, it's in a way, I don't know if it makes me feel better or worse about the world that these people aren't just pretending to be dumb enough to support these policies. <laughs> they actually are very they stupid. They seem to apparently, like, actually not understand anything at all. Like, numbers! Uh, about the function of reality altogether? Yeah, Like, but the guy I'm even, he says the phrase, my wife in pretty much the Borat voice to the guy and he still doesn't realize that he's talking to Borat. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, how many of these people, I'm sure a lot of them could parrot my wife, but how many of them actually know where that's from or any context for it at all? I it bet only came out ten years ago! Yeah, I know, and I bet none of them know. Uh, the other thing about all this that I think is interesting is the fact that I feel like Sasha Baron Cohen has gotten a lot of shit because of how popular and like problematic a lot of Borat was, mm -hmm. but he has always been a pretty good comedian. And, like, the one thing that I will say, obviously, a lot of his jokes are at the expense of, like, people who shouldn't have made jokes made at their expense, like women and disabled people and things. So, like, I get that that is not great. But I also think that at least he has not done the thing that we criticized Tim and Eric of, which is, like, the, the people who love him are the shittiest kind of people. But then he's always like, fuck you, I don't want you liking my thing because you're <laughs> shitty and I hate you. I think and, it probably... <laughs> 
also the problem, a bit of the problem is so many people are like, no, I wasn't making fun of disabled people. It was satire. And those people are idiots and they're lying and wrong. Yes. He is actually walking that line a lot of the time, I feel like. Yeah, like, he's I think not he's... making fun of people with disabilities in certain circumstances. I can't say yeah. for everything he's done, but he's getting people to admit their prejudices about people with disabilities, that sort of thing. Yeah, with, with this show, it seems like he's leaning way into the type of comedy that got him sued over Borat, where he tricked those <laughs> frat boys into being super racist, oh, yeah. uh, and yeah. then they took him to court, and court was like, uh, no, you definitely agreed to be in this movie being very racist. <laughs> and he's, like, very leaning into that, which is going to super alienate the dumb frat boy crowd that loved Borat, uh, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, if only. The, just, I, my dream outcome for this show is that, one, everyone who appears on it being tricked into saying stupid things is drug into the street and hung. And two, <laughs> uh, that everyone who liked Borat and made jokes about Borat is like, oh wait, actually, I, I don't want to ever think about that again because it turns out this guy is the opposite of what I wanted him to be. Yeah, I feel like this project is really him leaning into the activism of yeah. uh, quote-unquote comedy. I don't know how much actual comedy is involved anymore, and it's more like, <laughs> let's get these fuckers. It's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's just watching something upsetting happen. Yeah. I don't know, it's kind of brilliant, though, because it's it's a kind of comedy that, I, that you very rarely see where the quote-unquote comedian isn't doing any of the funny things, yeah. but he is somehow setting up a situation where he makes other people be funny unwittingly, and that's that's gotta be really hard to do. Yeah. yeah so, it, I mean, the whole thing has to be really hard, because he's a very famous person now. I like, don't- The thing is, though, not very famous for looking like himself, though. So his I think that's how he can just, get away with it. His characters and, are just him with a special hat on. Yeah, but that's all it takes. <laughs> and I, I said this on Twitter earlier, just a couple minutes ago, actually, so I don't know if you guys saw it, but the thing that I think is so interesting about this is that I guarantee that most of the people, the reason that they don't recognize him isn't because they don't, they've seen Borat, but they don't recognize him as being the same guy, but because they've fallen into that white person, the old white person trap of, oh, mm-hmm. I don't get this, so therefore it's not important and I don't need to worry about it. Yeah. And like... It, he, the, he says he's on my side, so I'll just listen to him because it right. seems like he's the expert. Well, yeah. and like when Borat came out and everyone was talking about it, they were like, well, I don't get why that's funny, so I'm All not right. going to think about it ever again. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is how they react to everything that happens in pop culture. Like, oh, what? Now rap music is popular? Well, I don't get it, so it must not matter. Yeah, this yeah. is why that guy was able to say, Blink 182, Rita Ora, Wiz Khalifa, Cardi B, all right in a row without realizing that any of them were famous musicians. Yeah, like, yep. all you need to do to trick an old white Republican is to, like, say, oh no, this is this thing is cool because, like, uh, teens are watching it on Instagram and they'll be like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't need to understand what any of those words meant. You said that it would make me seem cool to teens? Okay. Uh, cool. You said Perfect. old white Republicans, but I think that's pretty much true for all old people. <laughs> 
I guess. Mm-hmm. I think I think people of our generation, which I do qualify as old now, um, <laughs> I think that we are too cynical to fall for that anymore. <laughs> I think that I somebody would be like, this will make you cool to teens, let me record you doing it, and we would be like, no, fuck you, I don't know why, but fuck you. I would be immediately yeah. suspicious if anybody approached me on the street and was like, give me your opinion about this political subject. Yes. <laughs> I had I'd be like, are you, gonna, are you gonna kill me, or do you want me to sign something? Like, do what's happening? Do you think this is gonna kill the prospect of political polling for forever? Because <laughs> I had somebody call me on the phone the other day, and they're like, hey, we're doing a poll, can we ask you some of your political opinions? And I was like, who are you doing a poll for? <laughs> and they're like, uh, this group, and I didn't recognize the name, and I was like, why do you want my opinions? Where did you get my number? I don't want to talk to you. Bye. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were gonna say that you say everything sarcastically, and then they don't know that you're doing the Spongebob voice. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I love uh, Trump. I, I love it when I have a gun. <laughs> yep. Dumb. Okay, let's get into these subreddits because it's we're so far into this episode now. Yeah, we but talk about boy, time flies. It was bad. Time flies yeah. when you're having fun, right? <laughs> God. All right, so I got r slash Mitchell and Webb, which is the about the <laughs> the uh, radio and TV series Mitchell and Webb, uh, which is one of the greatest sketch comedy series of all time. Uh, yeah. I got r slash t i f u, um, which is uh, a community where you post. Uh, th- the way that you effed up today. Um, and usually the way... This is like one of the more popular subreddits in existence, I think. Uh, although, maybe not. Uh, only 13,000 subscribers. But I've seen this format before, so maybe this is another knockoff. Uh, but the the thing that you do is it's got... Uh, in the headline, it'll be something that sort of teases, and then the body of the post will be a long story explaining what happened. So today I fucked up is what that stands for then, huh? Yeah. Yeah, okay. and there's no way we can have two episodes in a row with the word "fucked" in the title. So let's move on. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, you you the and audience will is, have uh, seen this already, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I had to this, censor it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, this episode, all our choices are things that are all my interests. I'm always fucking up. I like Mitchell and Webb, and the one that I got is R slash SNES, and yeah. I was so excited when it came up because it was my very first uh, random roll. And I, I like, kind of oh, want to yes. do this one. It's it's the greatest game system of all time. Do we all agree? Yes. Um, I think that I don't think that's a controversial thing to say, but I'm not sure I agree with it. You think Sega Genesis? <laughs> no, uh, I think that maybe uh, one of the handhelds, uh, just yeah, because I DS prefer handhelds better. Good. Yeah, the DS is definitely, is was going to be the one I could bring up, because not only can it play uh, DS games, it can also play Game Boy Advance games. Yeah, that's true, but I don't know. I feel like the SNES was wait okay first of all are we doing we've settled one? yeah let's do SNES <laughs> okay we Mitchell, all want to talk about the Super Nintendo <laughs> Mitchell and Webb is also a fantastic series and it, mm-hmm. in any other episode I feel like we would have done Mitchell and Webb so I just want you guys to know you should go watch Mitchell and Webb look if you haven't already it's all on Hulu and it's incredible yeah right. uh, they also did Peep Show right yes although they didn't write it or they didn't write all of it I don't think they wrote it at all actually just strange yeah. they hmm. they did I think they did like a lot of improvising on set stuff, but 
yeah, I think mm-hmm. the plot was all written by mm-hmm. other people. The that Mitchell and Webb look is is a, a thing, right? That's the name of a series. That's the name yeah. of their show because their radio show that started their career was called That Mitchell and Webb Sound. Oh, right. And yeah. this is the the show that had the comedy sketch. Are we the baddies? Right. Yes. Yes. Okay. It's cool. So that's the only lately. thing I know. I think that's the first sketch in the first episode, isn't it? No, <laughs> it's like the fifth or sixth sketch in the first episode. But yes. I always wonder if people who share that actually know where it's from because I don't feel like that many people could have been watching this show. I don't know. It's inc- incredibly popular in England. Yeah, that's mm. true, but that's a very small population. Yeah. If I was still in a college theater group, uh, I would be able to tell you exactly which sketch comedy shows were very popular. <laughs> I don't know. That that theater group we were in in college did a lot of sketches from Mad TV. So. <laughs> People got really mad at me uh, pulling sketches from... I was the first, uh, the first director of that, like sketch show to pull sketches from internet sketch comedy shows, and now that's, like, all they do. Yeah, well, Mm -hmm. millennials. Okay, so anyway, SNES. So, I do like the header, which is very, uh, like, 16-bit-looking pictures of, uh, uh, how to describe it. Well, there's the the, uh, game uh, consoles. There's the Super Nintendo, and there's also the... Is it the Super Famicom, or was that also... Super Famicom. Yeah, 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 Famicom. Uh, Although this might be the... I think in Europe it was called the Super Nintendo. Nintendo, but looked like that. Uh, so it could mm-hmm. go either way. So there's pictures of both of those. The Super Nintendo clearly has Super Mario World inserted into it. And then there's a little line of all different characters from all your favorite games across the front, I want which is great. To, I want to see if we can name all these characters, but I think it might be a very boring part of this episode. <laughs> so <laughs> the, the one farthest left for me is a Moogle, but I, it looks like there's a slight something cut off to the left of that. Oh yeah, to the left chocobo? of that is a Chocobo. Yeah. And then, I mean, I've got a lot more sprites than that because I have, a, I guess, a bigger monitor. The one furthest to the left for me is the main character from Ah Real Monsters. <laughs> Ickus? The red one? Yes. Okay. <laughs> who is the Boy. cowboy in a pink hat and pink shirt who is firing him. a rifle? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I don't Wild know. Guns? Is that the name of a cowboy <laughs> game? There's for- Wild Arms, but that was PlayStation. Hmm. Uh, I think Wild Guns... Uh, Wild Guns is the name of a side-scroller uh, from the SNES, but I don't think that guy is from it, and I don't know of any other cowboy games. There's a disproportionate number of RPG characters on here. I see yeah. Locke from Final Fantasy VI, I see uh, Chrono from Chrono Trigger, Ness from Super- from Earthbound, I see the Moogle, the Chocobo, there's a lot. There's a, a rabbi from them. Secret of Mana? No, oh, it's not okay. all I of them. I didn't see the rabbi. <laughs> uh, do you, we all... It it all ends at Samus on the far right for us, though, right? Yes. Okay. And then Link's Ooh, so teeny tiny. <laughs> the unicycle from Uni Riders is in is in yep. here. And Leonardo from Secret uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two for some <laughs> reason. I never also, would have known which of the turtles it was. I played a lot of those games. That's definitely from uh, Turtles in Time. There's also uh, a Hammer Bro from the Super Mario RPG, which oh, is I weird. I don't have him. Yeah, I don't have anything that far. Oh, there's uh, th- there's uh, King Arthur from Super Ghouls and Ghosts. Yeah, I do see him. <laughs> uh, I have uh, above this, next to the Super Nintendo logo, is a little Earthbound style uh, sprite, I guess, I believe of Satoru Iwata. Yeah, see, I didn't uh, want to mention him because I, I cannot remember which 
which Nintendo guy is which. Like uh, their so names. Toru Iwata is the one who died. Yeah, yeah, I do know that. But like, <laughs> okay. by looking at this tiny sprite of a man in a suit, there's no way I was going to pick the right guy. There's also, wait, is is Miyamoto the, uh, the, a current guy in yes. Nintendo? Yeah. Okay. He doesn't wear glasses. My problem is, I hope this doesn't sound racist, my problem is that I always confuse him with Morimoto, the Iron Chef, and I can't remember which name is which. They yeah. do have similar names, that is yes. uh, fair. Also, Acro the Acrobat is here for some reason. <laughs> oh, no, sorry, wait, Arrow the Acrobat. Wait, that's where? The bat, it's right? the red and black bat that uh, looks like yeah. Sonic. He wasn't on Super Nintendo. Was yeah, he? Arrow the Acrobat? Sure he was, probably. I thought he was a Sega one. No, Listen, he was. Matt, He's on both. If any community anywhere is going to pounce on somebody <laughs> for putting the wrong thing in yes, the header, it's going to be this that's community. True. <laughs> Aladdin is here from the yes. Super Nintendo Aladdin game, from which the, is very weird. The worst Aladdin game. <laughs> yes. The Genesis one was good, and the Super Nintendo one was not good. So we said we weren't going to talk about it, but we've talked about almost all of them now. Yeah, yeah that's true. Oh man, B.O.B., uh, the robot from Bob, is in here, which is like a, such a weird, random that, pull. Is that not Bomberman? Bomberman is there, too. Bomberman is also oh, okay. here, but I'm looking at the one that's like orange, and he has two antennas and a gun. Okay, yeah, I don't have I don't that on my screen. Yeah, you might not yeah. have him. <laughs> Fine. Okay, that's anyway, so let's keep going. You have so, <laughs> so many more than there are 36,000 playing with superpower, which I love because I remember those commercials. Now yep. you're playing with superpower. Were those ones with Paul Rudd? No. Was that him? Don't remember. It might have been. There was definitely a Super Nintendo commercial with Paul Rudd. I don't know if it was the superpower one. Anyway. Uh, there's 159 users here now. Missed an opportunity there. Yeah. But, you know, I like those up and down arrows, and the up and down arrows are put on a little uh, cross-shaped, like, keypad like you would get yeah, on a controller. The D-pad, made, uh, invented by Nintendo veteran Gunpei Yokoi, creator of Metroid. This is just uh, misleading, though, because of the side-to-side buttons don't, <laughs> they do, don't anything, do anything, and I really <laughs> wish that they did. That's uh, true. Me too. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, uh, it doesn't really, unless I'm missing, it doesn't really tell you a lot about the board. I guess it just expects you to know it's yep. about yeah. Super Nintendo. I'm looking at the flair for the moderators, and one of them is Ness giving a piece sign when he's posing for a picture, which is very cool, but I don't know that I get what the other two are. Yeah, yeah. I don't reckon one of them is, it looks to be a, a blonde-haired teen in a red vest on fire and spitting flames. <laughs> yeah, it does look like that. It looks like a character, it's in the style of Secret of Evermore, but I don't remember that character from Secret of Evermore. Uh, hmm. I've started looking at some of the top posts. Uh, did you want to read all the rules? or I don't really see any rules. I mean, there's the usual stuff about whenever there's a board about a product, there's all these rules about how you're not allowed to talk about buying or selling it here. So basically there's that. Uh, so can I can I take a second now before we get into the actual posts to ask this question, which is why does this board exist? Given uh, that there's not going to be any new developments in Super Nintendo, right? I mean, no. it, there doesn't have to be new developments. It does. It's like it doesn't 
doesn't seem to be a particularly active board. Like, there's a bunch of subscribers, but there's the top post of all time has 629 upvotes. So it's just like, <laughs> it's a place that people who are going back and reminiscing about Super Nintendo or who find interesting swag can share stuff. Uh, yeah, the yeah. rules, the rules like encourage that. videos, reviews, collection picks, trivia, how-to questions, and this is interesting to me, comparison to current-gen games. Hmm. Mm, that sounds like a recipe for arguments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or a healthy debate. Uh, anyone who comes to a Super Nintendo board to say that they think current games are better is an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, there's a lot I don't, of assholes online. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying. You can saying. compare in more ways than saying one is better or worse. Yes, that's true. I, I, I would like there to be posts that are things like, you know, um, it's interesting that in modern games there's more of an emphasis placed on the player as the character as opposed to viewing it from an external source, which yeah. is partially a limitation of hardware. Like, I think that's an interesting discussion, but I think given that this is Reddit, it's more likely that it's like Call of Duty shits on a Super Nintendo. Look <laughs> at this picture I drew of it. <laughs> yeah, I would want uh, I would want stuff like uh, examining the influence of A Link to the Past on the game design of Breath of the Wild and that sort of thing. But yep. uh, instead, there's a picture of these Korean televisions that have a Super Famicom built into the top of them. <laughs> yeah, I like the the top post of all time is a Mario Paint picture of a Bob Ross painting that someone recreated in Mario Paint, which is a very cool idea. Oh, that's yeah. cute. Oh, Mario Paint was such a good game. Mario Did they, yeah. is, did they ever a- bother bringing out a single other game that used that Super Nintendo mouse? Uh, there was a Japanese exclusive called Mario and Wario that was sort of like a puzzle platform. <laughs> Mario and Wario get married. Yeah. It, it was like Wario was the bad guy and he put a bucket on Mario's head so you had to guide Mario through the stage by like placing platforms so he wouldn't fall and die. Uh, and you placed them with the Super Nintendo mouse. Mm. That's the only one I know off the top of my uh, extremely trivial mind. Yeah, but it was like, given that I, when I played um, Mario Paint as a kid, I remember, it might have been the first game I ever thought this about, of there's no way anyone else on Earth is playing this game right now, (laughs) but it's disproportionately represented in people I know's memory of Super Nintendo. Like, it seems like everyone remembers playing Mario Paint who had a Super Nintendo. It seems like anyone interested in making digital music really, really remembers that game. Someone actually recreated the music creator and added, like, uh, slightly more capability. Like, you can make songs longer and save them. and they called it GarageBand. (laughs) But they specifically did the one with all the digital barking sounds on it. (laughs) So that you could make digital barking. And it's just like a... I was going to say, the only way to... Sorry, I can't hear you. Why on earth would you go through that exercise and not put the digital barking sounds, also the baby crying, go on? Yes, I was going to say, the only thing you ever do in that music maker, if you're a regular music idiot like myself, is you make Twinkle Twinkle Little Star or whatever, but all pig noises instead. Yep. And that is hilarious. Do you guys remember in that song- No, I don't. You probably don't, Jeff. You're too young. But Louisa, you'll remember this. Do you remember the music video for, I think it was an Aaliyah song? I can't remember who it was, but it was um, for uh, Dr. Doolittle, maybe? Mm. 
tell me, have you, tell me, have you ever loved somebody? Really, really loved somebody. Do you know that song? Do you know remember that? I know that song. Has that baby noise in it? Yeah, it has the baby noise from Mario Paint. Are you specifically? sure? I'm one hundred percent sure. That song is called "Are You That Somebody." Yes. Um, it's Doctor Doolittle. Is that really where it, uh, it, was it from, is? An Aaliyah song. Yeah, it was from Doctor Doolittle the album. Yes, I remember <laughs> because the music video played all the time, and it had Aaliyah doing like a sexy dance, but in front of uh, projected just on a white wall scenes from Doctor Doolittle. Uh, Why? Yep. The, the Do you guys remember in the uh, uh, Enrique Iglesias video from Bailamos, which is a sexy song about like Spanish dancing, but the original version of that video, because it was used in the movie Wild Wild West, has a <laughs> yes. video of that giant robot spider blowing up western oh, towns in it. Oh my god. <laughs> that That's was- like how everyone knows All Star from uh, Shrek, but the video has no. a bunch of footage from Mystery yeah, Man in it. You're wrong. Everyone you're- knows it from Mystery Man. Yeah, Thank your you. age is showing, Jeff, because I've definitely watched <laughs> that music video 3,000 times before Shrek came out. Uh, I knew it from Rat Race, because <laughs> Smash Mouth, they, that movie ends at a Smash Mouth concert. <laughs> Of course it is. <laughs> I it's really weird that Smash Mouth's worst song is famous from three different movies. Oh man, that's great. The th- I knew it ended with that song, but the fact that it ends in a Smash Mouth <laughs> concert is so good! So stupid. Oh man. Alright, anyway, I'm looking at um, the third top post of all time, I think. It's, uh, oh no, fourth. It's one of the mods thought I should post this year, and and it p- pictures of a guy who, with like a plunge router, it looks like carved wooden uh, SNES cartridges and like carved the pictures so it has like the image from Chrono Trigger or uh, Super Metroid or whatever carved into it. So it looks exactly like a game cartridge except for the wood grain. And then in some mm-hmm. of them, he's put a little Raspberry Pi computer, I assume with an emulator on it, so that you can plug it into your computer or into a TV and play that game. Mm-hmm. That I, I like it. Brilliant. Yes, I do like art that like um, uh, glorifies mundane things. Yeah, that yeah. kind of art yeah. is very interesting to me. Some of these do uh, what we've seen on uh, previous card. Reddit. Yeah, magic card uh, expanded. Yeah, MTG altered uh, yeah. thing where they expand the art to cover the whole cartridge or have it break out of the label area uh, in an interesting way, and I really like that. Uh, it's yeah, it also does that very cool thing of like. This it, this was a very crass consumer product with a label that was designed for a kid to go, oh, cool, and ask their parent <laughs> to buy it for them. And someone is treating it as a beautiful piece of art worthy of preservation in a wood carving. Yeah, it really um, highlights how some of these are... I mean, I think you're right, Jeff, that a lot of these are that, like, hey, dumb kid, like this. But, like, <laughs> you know, the, the one for Chrono Trigger, it really reminds you that other than the fact that they they all look like Dragon Ball Z assholes. It's a great, like, it's a really beautiful yeah. picture on that game cartridge. Yeah, yeah. see, that, this is what I'm talking about when I say Akira Toriyama is a good artist. Uh, uh, except for the fact that all the faces look the same, which yeah, is yeah. not yeah. a good artist thing. Uh, yeah, it's just, I don't like I, that either. 
I like uh, this image is one thing I always go to for uh, like strength individual storytelling because it's like one frame and it's not really something that happens in the game because uh, Marley doesn't know fire magic anyway uh, but it's it's this one frame but you see like footsteps walking up from a town to where they are one character's crunched over two of them are working together to fight this it tells like this whole story and I, I think that is something that a lot of visual artists who are better at differentiating faces uh, sometimes lack. I can't be- I can't believe that you pronounce her name Marley. That's, that's all I took out of that whole that's thing. That's how it's I mean, pronounced. Yeah, that's also look, very look, bad. Look, 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 look. I'm not getting into which is right or which is wrong, and I don't think there is a right one. Like, I think that... Actually, part- no. Sorry, I was wrong. It is Marl. Well, well, here's what I'm saying. Part of the beauty of these old games is the fact that because there wasn't any spoken words, it's kind of nice. Like, when I see people who say it as uh, Payrom and Palom instead of Parom and Palom from Final Fantasy 2 slash 4, I think that that's charming and interesting and, like, a very cool thing that we all could experience that art a little differently. Um, So I'm not saying, like, ah, you dumb shit, you said Marley. I'm just, like, that was was where I stopped listening because it baffled. (laughs) my brain so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's there there it's interesting. A lot of what happened with Japanese media at, in this era is they just changed all the names, but in this one they just transliterated them. So it is supposed to be Marl, but they translated that M A R L E which uh how am I supposed to be a child who knows how that's supposed to be said? Uh, well, I guess her name is actually Maru in Japanese, so they could have just called her Maru, and that would have been fine. Well, but yeah. does anything that ends in an E get pronounced like that? Like Marley? But I mean, no one is named that, is what it was difficult. Well, I know, but like I know the word barley as a kid, and that has a Y on the end, so if it doesn't have that's a true. Y, it's gotta be Marl. That was my thought process when I was a kid playing this game, mm. anyway. Yeah. I think I went back and forth, like I probably did Marl at first, and then was like, that doesn't sound like a name, but Marley certainly does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you were always smoking weed and talking about uh, One Love. <laughs> well, I, I don't, I didn't listen to reggae, but I, we, I would have been Jeff? aware of. This no. is revisionist history. You're right, I did. It was my favorite. <laughs> you have that Rasta cap you wear. <laughs> I, all, I only ever listened to that reggae cover album of uh, Dark Side of the Moon. Do you guys ever think about the, uh, like, this might, I actually, don't, this might actually be very sad, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> All right, here we go. Brace yourself. <laughs> Do you ever think about, like, the moment that you were the most, like, joyfully excited about anything in your entire life <laughs> and how that definitely happened a long time ago and you'll never be that happy about anything again? Yeah, but I think that goes hand in hand with having basically no agency in your life. Yes, <laughs> so, absolutely. It's a trade like, we all make. I don't think I would trade back to that time, but I'm remembering now the time that I went to the EB games at the mall, and because the internet didn't exist, I didn't know when games were coming out, but I (laughs) saw that Final Fantasy 3 was in the store, and I had enough money to buy it that day, and I bought it, like, riding in the car home. I was so excited, and I don't think I will ever be that excited for anything ever again as I was, like, just looking at the 
game cartridge. <laughs> oh man, the feeling of driving home from buying a game and reading the booklet, basically yes. just to look at the pictures and uh, think about how the game was going to be. Yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll show my age again. I remember for, uh, I guess it must have been my 11th birthday, I got enough money to get one Nintendo 64 video game. And my choice was between South Park the Game and Super oh. Smash Brothers. And Super Smash Brothers cost $10 more, and I have never, ever regretted getting Super <laughs> Smash Brothers. <laughs> yeah, no, you made the right call for yeah. sure. I thought this was going to be a tragic story, but you wasted all your money on this. No, because the say- art on that box is so beautiful, too. It's that, like, weird <laughs> hand-drawn, not quite Paper Mario style, but, like, everything is in the same style, and it's got a s- weird stylization to it. I will say, when I was a kid, I remember going to the store to buy... Final Fight because I was like very oh, stupid as a kid and like very <laughs> excited about playing Final Fight with my friends even mm-hmm. though I didn't know that it was a terrible game and I went there and it was sold out and the game in the next slot over was Final Fantasy 2 and I was wow. just like oh well I guess I'll get this game instead which is a crazy thing to think like <laughs> I'll just buy the next game over whatever it is yeah um, but I did and that I think started me I mean like I said Dragon Warrior was definitely the first game I ever played, but after that, I didn't really get into RPGs until I got Final Fantasy 2 and was like, oh, shit, this is this is my jam. This is the yeah. best. So, can we all say a game that we definitely spent money that was a huge chunk of our child income on that was totally not worth it at all, and mine was maybe uh, a boy and his blob. Oh, that's a good one. I thought you were going to say Brandish. Well, yeah, that's also bad. Oh, what a terrible game. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I can't, something that I spent my money on, I think I was like, smart enough to read reviews by the time I had, like, spent like, yeah, birthday money, I guess. You know, I guess the worst of them for me is probably Bomberman GB, but I loved that game. It was so fun. The, the problem that- with reviews also is, you read them as a kid, sure, but all the reviews are like, yeah, this is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's All of true. them. Um, this isn't a Super Nintendo game, but the first thing that sprung to mind was when I saved up my birthday money to buy Fester's Quest. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah. um, Oh, man. <sighs> that game yeah. is, like, legendarily bad. Like, there's videos on YouTube people, of people playing it because it's yeah. so bad. Before people <laughs> knew how to like things ironically, I was so excited to play Fester's Quest. <laughs> I don't know why. I didn't know who the Adams family were. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember them covering that on My Brother, My Brother and Me. They yeah. couldn't believe that that game came out a few years before the movie came out. But yep. it did. It absolutely did. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, boy. So, Louisa, what was your favorite Super Nintendo? game. Probably Chrono Trigger, although A Link to the Past is right up there also. Mm, Matt, how about you? 100% Earthbound. Oh, wow. Uh, for me, it's Super Metroid, of course. Yes. Uh, it's it's consistently tops my list of favorite game ever. Probably doesn't anymore, um, but like every time I go and replay it, I'm astonished at how successfully it builds atmosphere. Yeah, um, the the feeling, the, the way that they use the sound, the background noise in Super Metroid might still be the best use of, of like, atmospheric sound in video games ever. Yeah, yeah, I, I know uh, you've soured a bit on pixel art, but um, I, I think that it, like, 
when it's used effectively, for example, in Axiom Verge, it feels like playing Super Metroid again to me. I like pixel art when pixel art was, like, the best you could do. Yeah. I, I don't even dislike <laughs> pixel art, per se. I just am tired of indie developers pretending that they did it to be cool instead of because it's obviously easier. Oh, but it's not easier, though. It is. <laughs> it isn't. It definitely... You have to draw so many more things. Uh, yes, but 3D rendering, it takes a lot of development. Eh. <laughs> anyway, I, I mean, I think the debate could be open, but the point is, it's such a thing. Every indie artist does it, and it's just, I'm just over. You don't <laughs> need to anymore. It's fine. We've <laughs> we done this it. for 50 consecutive episodes. <laughs> no, that's not true. I was no, kind of hoping true. that games like uh, Cuphead would bring in a new era of hand-drawn games, yes. but I know that's super expensive. <laughs> Yes. Cuphead took like five years to yeah. make because of how much they had to draw for it, though. <laughs> We've talked about yeah. it on this show before, but Cuphead is the one of the most beautiful game pieces of game art I've ever seen in my life. It is yeah. stunning how good Cuphead looks. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, tell me about Earthbound and why that was important to you. Um, I think I played a lot of RPGs. As everyone who listens to this show knows, I'm very into role-playing games of all types, and the fact that it was an RPG that didn't take itself too seriously and wasn't set in a fantasy setting was, like, mind-blowing to me. And <clears throat> it was- Oh, yeah, I guess because it, it came out yeah. the same year as Chrono Trigger, so, yeah. like, fa fantasy settings were th the only thing. Maybe a little steampunk at best. Well, RPGs- Yeah, as far as I knew, it was R all, like, fake medieval, and then suddenly yeah. Earthbound. Yeah, RPGs in America before Earthbound- I don't know that there were any that weren't like medieval setting. Yeah. And Earthbound not only did that, but it did such a great job of building the story in a way that was compelling, whereas in a lot of RPGs that I'd played previously, like, there were a lot of little episodes, you had to do this thing, and then that ended, and you got a little cutscene, and then the next episode started, whereas Earthbound felt like this constantly evolving story of what's happening in this world, mm. um, and it <laughs> sort of led you from place to place in a way that was very compelling uh, and mm -hmm. I just thought it was brilliant. Also, the fact that the way that the characters develop not only reflects their increasing power, but also the, the way that their personalities are growing throughout the story is really incredible and something that I think a lot of people ignored and, you, like, the characters in the games before that were just sort of blank slates a lot of the I, time, so. I read an interesting like thing recently that mentioned how much that game fucks with you that I never realized mm -hmm. at the time but like yeah. characters will tell you oh you know I hear if you do this it'll really help against this boss and those things just are not true yes. <laughs> like the game just says some stuff to you that's insane I yeah. like that there's a guy named Jeff in it I like that your characters have to commit he's a real nerdlinger too <laughs> I like that your characters hey. have to commit suicide to fight the final boss do you remember that? Yeah. No, I never beat it. Holy shit, I'm well, sorry. Well, I didn't I have spoiled. a Super Nintendo. I didn't have a Super Nintendo growing up, but I'm playing through it on the Wii U. I'm just before the Desert Palace or whatever. Oh, okay. Well, I'm very sorry that I ruined the best part of that game for you, Jeff. But it's the fine. It came out 24 years ago. <laughs> yes. I should have played it by now. Mm, yeah, the, the final boss, they're like, okay, you need to travel. Is it back or forward? It's forward in time. You have to travel forward in time to beat this boss in order to prevent him from, like, starting everything that happened. And maybe if you do, 
then you'll be you'll go back and everything will be safe. But maybe if you don't, like your soul is trapped in this robot we built for fighting, and after that, you'll just be stuck at the end of time for eternity. Bye. <laughs> like, mm. oh my god, that fucked me up when I was a kid. I was like eleven when I played that game. Holy shit, that's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. The design of that game was sort of informed by the director thinking about the things he found scary or weird or cool when he was a kid. Yeah. And that that is something that I think a lot of adult artists really can't tap into. But uh it's very effective. Like the the Gigas graphic is is based on his half remembered uh very early viewing of a horror movie that he shouldn't have seen. <laughs> combined um, combined with when he was a kid seeing pictures of the ultrasound of his baby brother in the womb. <laughs> Yeah. Ugh. Oh, yeah. It definitely looks like a the fetus of a ghost. Yes. I love it. <laughs> oh, uh, it's so horrible. <laughs> Louisa, why was Chrono Trigger and or Link to the Past meaningful to you? Chrono Trigger, I really love... I love side quests in a game. And that has a pretty clear path on what you're supposed to do. So you never... You, some games really get you tripped up in like, well, I don't remember what I'm supposed to do next. Who did I talk to? This game didn't have that. You always knew what you were going to do next. But also, you could go off on so many side quests and get so many characters to add to your party that you actually don't have to bother with to do the story, but you can still do it and it's great. And the fact that it has so many different endings and ways to get to the ending, I thought that was really just innovative and interesting. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Do you guys remember, not to keep harping on about Final Fantasy games, but <laughs> do you guys remember that in Final Fantasy 3 slash 6, there's the world of ruin after Kefka destroys everything, and there are <laughs> hidden secret characters you can get. You remember this? No, I didn't get that far in that game. Oh, jeez, Jeff, do you ever- Okay, well, you don't (laughs) like RPGs enough, that's fine. I understand- I don't don't really beat video games very often, and also, I didn't have a Super Nintendo growing up. Yes, that's true, that's true. Um, there were three characters you could get after the World of Ruin, it was Umaro the Yeti, uh, Gogo the Mime, and, uh, Mog the Moogle were the three secret characters you could get if you did very specific things. That's right, I remember that Yeti. (laughs) I must have known about Mog, but the other two are new to me. So, what's fucked up is, you can actually get Mog before the World of Ruin, or after. If you get, if you wait to get Mog until after the World of Ruin, he has a special item called the Moogle Charm, and it's described as a memento of someone, of, of a loved one, and when you find Mog, he is, like, crouched in his cave next to a pile of bones, because <laughs> oh every other Moogle in the world died during the World of Ruin transition, and he He's the last one. And it's never addressed, but that's so fucked up. And they just, they just, like, it's like an Easter egg in the game. It's crazy. Mm. Yep. So anyway. Uh, I like it. Uh, I, the, like, that, the art of that kind of thing in a game is something I feel has been lost. <laughs> well, I feel like because those games had no visual expression or anything, really, they had to really amp up the uh, tragedy. So it was always like, well, everyone's dead in this entire kingdom. Oh! <laughs> Always. That's always what it was. Link to the Past opens with Link's only- the only family member we've ever seen any Link up to that point, and I think any Link until Wind Waker having at all, dies in in your arms. (laughs) Yes, that's true. (laughs) 
uh, not even finishing telling you about why why your mission is important. In in the U.S. version, doesn't he not die because he's waving to you in the final credits I of the game? I don't know. He appears to die when in the cutscene, but I I also never beat that game. Okay, well, I'm pretty sure like they were like, oh, this is too sad, so <laughs> well, we're gonna put that he's fine at the end of the game. But also, <laughs> have you found as an adult that some things you remember from a kid being a kid and being like, well, that's pretty ambiguous, but I think the mom got better. And then as you see <laughs> that piece of media as a grown-up, you're like, oh, wait, no, she very clearly died. As yeah. a kid, I was just writing it in my head to be a happier ending, I think. They just did a voiceover that said he came back and was healthy the next summer. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, I love that so much. Yes. <laughs> that fucking kid! Uh, we're talking, for the listener, we're talking about the secret world of Arietti. Yes. Oh, and man, that I told fucking sad-ass goth kid who only talks about how he's gonna die the entire time <laughs> yep. was retconned uh, to not die in the American voiceover. I really <laughs> wish that they had had a different voice saying that one line at the end. But <laughs> he then went I back got to his better and planet. everything was fine. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. Oh, man. I like- there's a lot of pictures on this board of people who, um, are, like, posting things they purchased or mods they made. Uh, one of them is really cute. It says, just got a new system yesterday, figured it was time for a family portrait, and it's the original blocky Super Nintendo next to the slightly slimmer redesign that was released in, like, 95 or 96, then the SNES Mini, and then the 3DS uh, SNES edition that is, like, printed with Super Nintendo graphics mm. on it, all right next to each other. Very cute. It's very cute. Speaking of mods on the, I think it's the second page, there's a picture of a guy who has painted his Super Nintendo to have a picture of Superintendent Chalmers from uh, the Simpsons <laughs> oh, yeah. on it, so it's, uh, it's a Super Nintendo good. Chalmers, which is yeah. very good. That is one of the uh, most memorable <laughs> jokes from that show for me. Uh, it yeah. just kind of sticks in my brain every time I think of that character. Oh, man. I wish that I was good at any kind of visual art, because I feel like making case mods would be very in my interests. Yeah, someone made a clear Super Nintendo that's up top on the first page, yep. and they, like, covered some of the components in, in like, purple and gold paint underneath, too. Yeah. Uh, it's very, very cool looking. Uh, like they also made the cartridge be clear. I feel like the problem with case mods or uh, console or cartridge mods, the problem with that is they are designed to be perfectly uniform from a factory, so you have to do an incredibly good mod for it to even look okay. Yeah. And if you do anything yourself and, like, you even see any paint brush strokes, like, you've totally fucked it up. You have to, you have to airbrush if you're gonna do something like this. I mean, yeah, yeah. but you can't make a single mistake. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you have to be very good at this kind of thing and work up to it. Yeah. I remember trying to paint uh, Game Boy Advance when I was young, uh, and uh, it and you used turned house out crappy. Paint. <laughs> it didn't work very well. Uh, no, it just was like, 
it didn't fit back together nicely because <laughs> I didn't sand it correctly and I was like it, 14. It would be very funny if it, the, the picture in my mind, which I know isn't true and I know that you're not dumb like this, Jeff, but like <laughs> it would be very funny to imagine you just dipping a Game Boy Color into a like a bucket of egg, of like eggshell uh, house paint. I'm imagining it laid out on a drop cloth, the, uh, the console, and then <laughs> dipping your paint roller into the paint and going, <laughs> alright, careful, careful. Here we go. Oh, <laughs> and then just going right over the screen and everything. <laughs> that actually would be a very funny YouTube series if you did that, of like, like here's how I do all of my case mods, and then yeah. you just did that for every single one. <laughs> here's the case uh, mod of my iPhone. <laughs> just do a paint roller. Oh yeah. man, the, that would be good. It would be good. There's a, a post on here that says don't feed the scalpers, and it's a guy posing in front of four SNES classics, and he's labeled douche, but I bought four SNES classics on opening day for my friends who all had jobs. Yes, but- Because- I didn't have a job at the time. But clearly the implication is that this guy is going to resell these, which is a pretty shitty thing to do. Maybe. Maybe he also got them for his friends like I did. But hold on, Jeff, you didn't take a picture like that, did you? No, I didn't. See, that's the key, I think. (laughs) No, I didn't. Um, there's one on the third page here that is, uh... Third page? Oh boy, here we go. I'm just clicking around. (laughs) Um, it's the Super Bomberman Multitap. Uh, you remember that you could play up to five players with the Multitap? Was it five, really? The tap had four ports, and then you could plug a controller into the other port, so Uh you could have up to five people playing, but I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to wrap my mind around how that worked, because it only worked for that one game, and I would, I'm wondering if, like, the the people, Hudson Soft, I think it was, he was making, oh yeah, it says on the tap, um, I wonder if they just, like, trick the system by taking inputs at, like, on, like, alternating frames for the other four, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I, I, mm, I, I think pro- probably just somewhere in the code for the cartridge, this was common in the Super Nintendo, is there would be extra chips on the cartridge to make it do more stuff, they probably just, uh, you know, had a chip for it to take more inputs, or had something in the code to be like, the it, or just it, the system didn't actually have a limit on the number of inputs, it was just like, zero through two f- 255 could all have a value of on or off. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that it was very fun to play five-player uh, Turbo Graphics Bomberman on the Wii U Virtual Console, because <laughs> that was the only, like, five controller system since the multi-tap days Mm -hmm. uh, the Wii could uh, support up to eight players with GameCube and Wiimotes both. How much Mm. can the Switch support? Is is there a statistic on that? Uh, I I think only four, but I don't think that there's any reason why there couldn't be, like, a system update to allow more, and they've said Smash Brothers will support eight players, but they have not uh, released any further information about how you'll do that, because I don't think it has enough USB ports for two um, of the GameCube adapters that currently exist, because they require two USB ports each. Yeah, and controllers connect to the Switch with Bluetooth, right? 
Uh, it might be proprietary wireless. Okay, because I know that you need to have a pretty beefy Bluetooth receiver to support eight different inputs at the same time. So, well, I it must yeah it must be proprietary wireless then because it's technically doing eight different inputs at once when you are playing with two Joy Cons as one controller. If four people have that, yeah, it, I mean it might also be that they just have a very good Bluetooth receiver in there. That's true. Like, yeah, like. <sighs> they, this is very boring. Oh, sorry. Yes, it is. <laughs> oh, Jeff, no one ever asked you, how come you like Super Metroid so good? You started oh, with uh, that one. Yeah, I started with it. That's why I asked you two, so that it wouldn't be just me talking about how good it is at building atmosphere. Also, that first that first <sighs> battle with Ridley out, is I so... I find that game very boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. That first <laughs> battle with Ridley is really terrifying. It also does something that a lot of games don't have the courage to do, which is you can get stuck if you're not good enough at exploring early on and not good enough at fighting battles later, you'll get to a point where you don't have enough health or HP to successfully get through a battle. See, you say games don't have enough courage to do that, but I think that's bad. Like, I think that is a problem with a game. Well, I I think that it, um, it, it, like, usually happens for me in Norfair, which is very late in the game, and it's like, I should have been looking for more things or getting better at doing the fighting by this point. It's my fault that I'm not succeeding. <laughs> um, I do think that uh, that it's interesting to have that level of stakes in a game. Yeah. Like, uh, it's, it's a bummer. It feels bad when it happens to you, but the fear of it, I think, makes the game more compelling. Yeah. <laughs> it also feels so much better when you get past that boss you were stuck on and you're like, oh, I did it. Now I can go hunt for more health things so the next boss won't be as bad. <laughs> Man, clicking through these pictures is reminding me of so many good goddamn games. <laughs> yeah, that's well, the problem, I've, isn't it? You remember Lufia 2? God, that <laughs> you game do. was good. I found a, a list of Super Nintendo games in a, in a like, retail mailer, 1994 SNES prices. Uh, Shaq Fu, $65. Super Street Fighter 2, $70. Illusion of Gaia, $75. Yeah, I find I, something like uh, comforting about the fact that if you look for the good games on eBay, they're about as much now as they were then. Yeah, <laughs> which is a really interesting thing. Uh, stuff like Chrono Trigger and the Final Fantasies are like really collectors items be pricey but like all the rest of it is you know yeah i should sell my cartridges of those i still have them well i found when i was looking at them ones that are playable and in good condition are only about 60 to 70 dollars oh really yeah last time i had been into looking at any of these uh final fantasy 6 i think was hovering around like 150 dollars and chrono trigger i think was in multiple hundreds so it's interesting that it has gone down. I wonder if it's um, because they've like re-released the games now that they're yeah, just. I, not- yeah, I wonder. I think Virtual Console kind of messed that whole thing up a little bit. Hmm. Anyway, well, if you like how we messed up your love of SNES, please tell your friends <laughs> about our show and rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, as you can tell, this wasn't a very funny episode, but we do have <laughs> a lot of love for this console, so it's true. Yeah, it was good. mean. It was meaningful to us, and hopefully, you liked hearing. Uh, 
your earbud friends talk about art that they enjoy. <laughs> yeah, I really hope that you guys listening to this at least once said, oh, fuck that game, and then ran yeah. into another room to find your <laughs> copy of it. So if, if even one person did that, we've succeeded, and we will do another episode of this show. <laughs> <laughs> We're holding ourselves hostage on this yes. one, guys. <laughs> we've, done, we, we've held ourselves hostage th- since episode 100, I think. If you don't tweet at us about it, we're going to cancel the show and also send a signal to your phone that makes it explode. And we'll tweet you and say that it's your fault. So you don't want that on your conscience, do you? So anyway, if you guys want to be like us, by which I mean number one pro gamers, uh, then please get in touch with us by tweeting at us at seeingreddit or uh, emailing us seeingreddit at gmail.com. And you can always contact me on Twitter at KamikazePilot. I'm on Twitter, J3FK, Snapchat, and Instagram, JeffJK, weaponizedlanguage.com to hear all of the sodes of this podcast oh, no. and my, <laughs> my other show, uh, Creepypodsta. I believe as you're hearing this, there should be an episode uh, with Louisa coming out what? like two days later. I thought mine weren't uh, coming out till like September. You know, I can't remember. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, I've, I've. I just edited all three of yours today, and I okay. haven't posted and scheduled them yet. Yeah, they might not be coming out until August or September. I don't remember. <laughs> I'm really, really far ahead on that show, though, but you've got three episodes with Louisa coming up. I will probably Yay. also be recording one with Matt, but that won't come out until, like, January at this Yay, point, I I'm think. popular. <laughs> Uh, that's all my things. Alright, you can find me on Twitter at Heronbird or Instagram, Louisa Heron. Yeah. Alrighty, thanks to everyone who's been tweeting about us, uh, and especially to everyone who voted in our most re- recent casting poll, which was Bewitched. Uh, sorry, Samantha Stevens from Bewitched. Uh, and it was a tie. Have we had a tie before? <laughs> I feel like I don't we think did, so. But I don't remember when. Uh, it was a tie between my choice, Mindy Kaling, which was a great choice, and Jeff's choice of Amanda Seafried, yeah. which was also a good choice. Uh, and then it was a tie for last place with uh, Kate McKinnon, Louisa's choice, and Margot what? Robbie. How can this be? Sorry, Mindy Kaling is the perfect choice for this, though. Yeah. I think, I I think that's true. Mindy Kaling should play the witch, and Amanda Seafried should play the uh, uh, beleaguered Darren. Uh, you know, I guess bewitched has a double meaning there, huh? I should have described him as the eponymous character <laughs> because he's the one who's bewitched. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. Uh, thanks to everyone who's been tweeting about us. Thanks to, uh, at Pokemaniac Steph. Thank you. Thanks to at Count Viger. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, thanks to, Count. uh, at Sugar High Senpai. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm gonna stop saying at in front of the names. Yep. Thanks. Yep. Uh, okay, that's it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you really yeah, tripped up there. Thanks the to all three of our fans. <laughs> I you. thought and there were going to be more, but there weren't. Thank you to the top fans who don't tweet. You know who you are. Wink. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would like to call out the fact that uh, Pokemaniac Steph agreed with Louisa about the grocery store thing, which is the number one controversy in the history of this show, and I I denounce anyone who sides with Louisa. Listen, yeah, it, this isn't a I, thing you do intentionally. This is a thing that happens look, to you. Look, you make the look, best of it. Look, the, the lines are clearly drawn. Jeff and I are in an uneasy alliance where we both think <laughs> that the other one's choice is not the worst, but not the best. But we both agree that yours is the worst, Louisa. Now, it works out great. <laughs> I think that 
uh, if you did this, it should be something that you're ashamed of and apologizing for. Agreed. What I'm what I'm mad at you about is that you're proud of it and think it's okay. Yes. I'm proud of it in my own mind. I always apologize to the cashier, and people in line behind me, they can go fuck themselves. So, I'm not oh, yeah, that. see, that's the attitude yeah. I don't like. You know Louisa, why you they should, can go fuck themselves? Because they for- were worried that I wouldn't get back in time, but I did. So Louisa, go fuck yourself. You should yourselves. run for a Republican office. <laughs> <laughs> what if one time you trip and fall and knock over the whole end cap display of Doritos and get trapped under there and then everyone's waiting <laughs> for you and they're going out. where's Louisa? <laughs> the problem is that I would say yeah, that everyone that knows me in this fantasy. <laughs> where is she? She's in, any, in, in every scene young. that you don't appear, everyone should be asking where's Louisa? <laughs> the, thing, the thing is that in that scenario I feel like I would say Louisa would just die and she would deserve it, but I do think Louisa would agree with me here. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> So at least we found some common ground. Uh, all right, guys. Well, thank you guys very much for listening to this episode. I hope you come back next time. But in the meantime, I really hope that you're out there playing with power. Oh, that's what I was going to do. <laughs> uh, have a super day. No. Hang in there, Mario. <laughs> <laughs> that was great, actually. I really like that. Not hanging there, baby Mario. <laughs> uh, I don't like that baby Mario. He cries too much and is too stressful. Yep, that does. is, I think, one of the most effective pieces of game design uh, <laughs> because you, with the countdown, would not be motivated to get that baby back. But the fact that it makes the most annoying sound in the history of video games, ba- you're like, I need to get it back ba- so to make the sound stop. Baby back ribs. Yeah. I was waiting Barbecue, for you to say that, but I knew you sauce. were trying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>